Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris. We're indoors and it's a little bit windy and rainy out there. And today's podcast is about opinions. Opinions. Uh, I wonder what it would be like to live a life without an opinion. It's an interesting question, I think. Whenever I speak to people about COVID, they've got an opinion about it or the lockdown in Melbourne or... Uh, Mayor Giuliani or uh, 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 bike riding or yoga. Everybody's got an opinion. And and uh, as you know, the quote is something like everybody's got an opinion. The reason everyone's got an opinion is because they're cheap and free. And when we listen to other people's opinion, we become cheap and free too. So opinions are, are, I guess, a human privilege. They um, are very often considered to be the right one. So in other words, uh, if you hear someone's opinion, they're not saying this is what I am debating as to whether I'm right or wrong. It's typically this is my right opinion. We know in the work of intuition and inspiration, there are four separations from that drive us away from being intuitive. One, the attraction to pleasure over pain. In other words, uh, the body uh, is in control of us, and so we're not intuitive anymore, we're instinctive. So the body's instinct is to get away from pain and get towards pleasure. So instinct is a very, very low form of intuition and if we trust our instincts we're likely to make a lot of body uh, wise decisions decisions that are good for our body but not necessarily mentally emotionally spiritually financially relationship or socially wise (laughs) so it may may behoove us to be careful of the uh, of following the the meme of pleasure is better than pain Because that's the body's language, and the body's language is instinctive, like an animal. It has very little more intelligence than that. It doesn't need more than that to give us what it's born to give, which is to get away from pain and and seek pleasure. The challenge of that, of course, is uh, its perception of pain is very immediate. And so uh, when you follow the body's uh, guide, you live very immediately in the now, in the present. And that means that you make decisions that may be good for the body today, but bad for the mind tomorrow. And uh, this complex little uh, windmill, uh, merry-go-round, means that you you may say, oh, this this car or this house or this uh, decision in business or this person feels good or bad and make a decision around that topic and around that criteria and therefore be following a very low animal level of instinct which does not uh, satisfy the higher levels of intuition uh, or vision or purpose or inspiration. Um, So the the second distraction um, from intuition going along the same uh, lines as we, we did before was the, the concept of right over wrong, good over evil, in other words. Now, when we have right over wrong, good over evil, we're in a meme. And the previous podcast I did was talking about how those memes are subconscious, they're subliminal, they're uh, culturally driven. You can have uh, micro 
cultures, macro cultures, you can have a global meme, you can have a local meme. And these memes are inhibitive. They, they lock us in to a uh, confinement, but they also provide opportunity for marketing because we're always selling into a meme. And when we, if we understand the meme that drives a certain population, we can uh, promote product to that meme. Uh, Coke adds life. Well, there's, uh, there's a group of people who want more of that and who'll give anything for it, and therefore we're selling to a meme, to a population psych uh, uh, psychographic, it's called. So um, uh, moving this further along, that's the second separation, and that's the mental game that we can play with ourselves in life. We can start being... Uh, operating from a place of this is better than worse, this is good over evil, this is right over wrong. The third separation, which is r a really hard one, I think, is self over other. You know, all, all human suffering comes from separation from nature. And I think it's really important to understand that nature is us. So all human suffering comes from separation from ourselves, separation from other. And um, the way I like to think about this and the way I try to describe it to people who are struggling to uh, reconcile uh, this awareness in life is to say that all of life is just a big mirror. And what you see out there in the big wide world is either things you like about yourself or things you don't like about yourself because the separation of you from the universe, separation of you from others, the separation of you from... Uh, the evil separation of you is trying to create an identity and that identity is really important it's called your ego and that ego is really critical because without an ego you can't get a job without an ego you can't get a relationship that identity is what people usually marry uh, it's what they hire it's what they fire it's what they um, befriend and that identity that uh, fa facade or the marketing of self the presentation of our public over our private self is a really important part of life. However, when we start to believe our own marketing, uh, it becomes a problem. And this is one of the challenges uh, that I've had throughout my career is when I'm going to do a speaking engagement, I read the blurb on me and I go, gee, who's that? <laughs> it's it's kind of like my, I, my own marketing is, is, is really the truth. It's just one side of me. And I go, oh my God, if you take all that out and you take all that out and you take all this away and you take all that truth away, what you're left with is, the, the, is a filtered truth. And it's not a lie, it just doesn't have all the other bits attached to it. And so it's, it's like, whoa, <laughs> look at that guy standing up there on stage, the photo on the wall, and everyone's loving him. Until, and you go, my God, if only they really knew me. And so... I think uh, identity and separating self from other is really important from a point of view of um, building brand and building a self-awareness and building uh, your career and building your relationships and things. But if it becomes that way for yourself, uh, it becomes like you believe your own marketing. If I look on those brochures and really think that that's Chris Walker and I try to, uh, and I think that that's who I am, I become, in, a, in, a, in another language, more superior I become superior to me and, and certainly superior to certain other people. And that wouldn't be the truth because we're all equal. Everybody has every trait. 
nothing is missing, just changes in form. The, the nature's law repeats this over and over and over again. We're, we're no better or worse than any other person on earth. We have no more pleasure and pain than anyone else on earth. We have no more wealth than anyone else on earth. It's just in different forms. And so uh, it's really easy to get in, ensnared in our ego and think the marketing is the truth, when, which it is the truth to, to it because truth is in the eye of the beholder. And if someone sees us on stage and thinks that we're the ant's pants and, and because they think that, they follow the teaching uh, or they follow some uh, guidance, that's a good thing. The trouble is there's many people on stage <laughs> and there's many people selling things uh, and typically the success on stage or success in life is to express what other people repress. That's a really big key to it and that's how you market into memes. So believing our own marketing or even not even trying to be so real that we don't do uh, ego marketing, we don't present ourselves in a way that people can identify with, that is also a form of separation, self and other. So this that third one, I find it really tricky and it's been certainly a, a big challenge for me as I've gone from a, mil a little boy in Mildura uh, riding a bike in the dust all by himself with a dead mother and... Uh, uh, stressed out family all in grief uh, that little boy uh, ends up on a stage in New York City uh, it's a, it's always a struggle to realize that you know you're still I'm still that little person riding around the bike it's just that I've decorated it and and educated it and presented it and got, got learned how to speak so that I can deliver a really important message to a very lot of people and and I think that's the third separation the fourth separation is well, I guess it's one that we, we, we're realizing in the world at the moment. And the fourth separation is masculine and feminine. Like when they speak about in the biblical language, and as you know, it's all just one big long story in the Bible, and it's a metaphor for life. And the metaphor is that we, at, at some point in time, we split into masculine and feminine, Adam and Eve. But actually, if we reunite Adam and Eve, they become one. And we are the split. We have the masculine side of ourselves and the feminine side of ourselves. So we have the, uh, the, uh, the part of ourselves that would be uh, masculine uh, in, the, in, the, in the form of uh, awareness of what masculine really means. And we have the feminine part of ourselves in the form that feminine really means. And if you go back far enough before it was a gender issue, before a, a vagina and a penis made the difference between a man and a woman, or masculine and feminine, if you go back far enough, you'll find that the feminine was, um, was water, and, it cr and water creates, it falls from the sky, it brings the rain, and things grow from it. So in the destruction of spirituality, which is the thought, into a form, in the destruction of spirituality from nothing, it's pure, into a form, which is a building, a baby, a family, a business, a car, a bus, a train, an airplane, a war, in, in the destruction of anything into form, it's the rain. And that's the feminine aspect of the universe. Now, that doesn't say women destroy things. Please don't take that the wrong way. What it says is feminine, before it became a gender issue, was taking the thought that you have in your mind, oh, I'd love to build a, uh, a helicopter, and bringing it into reality, manifestation. And this thought, this manifestation thought, is the feminine principle. 
then there's maintenance, how to look after it and hold on to it and, uh, and enjoy it, so what you built, enjoy the helicopter or whatever you built, uh, what you destroyed thought to build into form, your business or your career or your family or whatever. There's a period of maintenance which is operating at the border of support and challenge. But then there's the need to move forward. New vision, in other words. Remember, thought is a vision. And to bring thought to form is manifestation. That's the feminine. To demanifest. Now, if we're very clever, we don't have to destroy what we've built in order to revision the future. What we can do is we can lock what we've got with gratitude and say, I'm going to appreciate what I've got. I don't have to destroy that, but I can't sit on it in contentment. I now need to engage the masculine aspect of myself, which reinvents myself, re-engineers myself with new thoughts, new means, new ideas, new beliefs, and therefore create a new spirituality, which is a new vision, from which I can destroy that vision and by manifesting it. So it, destroying a vision means you take something that's priceless and precious. It's up in your mind. It's a dream. It's a fantasy. It's a... It's, a, it's an idea, and then you destroy the idea by actually creating it. Now, in the process of creating something that you've, you're holding sacred, you go into pleasure and pain, you go into self and other, you go into right and wrong, you go down through all that path trying to navigate to actually bring it to form. Once you've brought it to form, uh, if you keep it in form, it will stagnate. So in, nothing can sit in its form it has to be it energy must circulate to grow so it circulates at the border of support and challenge before you reinvent yourself now that can be a week a month a year 10 years 20 years depends how much you want to sit at the border of support and challenge and uh, and uh, and just maintain the status quo same vision same manifestation just manage maintenance if you can engage the masculine part, which means to own typically the masculine aspect of your parents, which is typically the destructive part, the angry part, the part that was not pleasant to be around, whether it was mum or dad, it's the masculine part of them, which basically says move the freaking hell on, get a new, tell a new story. Don't. But of course, what we'll typically do is put the turtle shell over the top and try and say, oh no, this is who I am, this is what I want to do. So reinventing your vision every week, month, year, whatever you decide, is the masculine aspect of life. It isn't uh, kicking a footy at the footy ground or doing weights. That's nothing to do with masculine and feminine. What's got to do with masculine and feminine energies is the fire. Masculine is the fire that burns the current reality, burns it and says, I'm going to invent a new reality. It doesn't have to destroy the things you've built, your relationship, your wealth, your uh, car, your bus, it doesn't have to destroy that if you're grateful for it. If you appreciate it, you'll keep it. If you don't appreciate it, if in other words, if you rebuild the future based on being pissed off with the present, you're going to end up right back where you are. That actually is not called destruction. That is called self-destruction. It's annihilation. And the manifestation process goes around this triangle, which basically says you, you, you get an idea, you fall, you build it, you, well, now you've built it, you can um, be thankful for it, that only takes a little while, and now you get a new idea and, rebuild and, and build a new one. Bigger, 
Greater in consciousness, less in number than the last one. That's a really important part of this conversation. So there are four things that take you away from your intuition. And your intuition follows this cycle, which means you own the masculine part of yourself, you own the feminine part of yourself, and you own the spiritual part of yourself, and you own the boring part of yourself, or the maintenance part. But the maintenance doesn't have to be there forever. And that's one of the things that we get caught up in in, in our lives, is we misinterpret because we, we either gravitate to body awareness, mind awareness, uh, self and other awareness, or masculine or feminine awareness, and try to be one without the other, and we genderize masculine and feminine. These are mistakes that we make along the road. So I hope this uh, podcast has stimulated some thought for you. It's why you go to coaching, and, uh, and to keep yourself on this path of um, not being trapped in one of the four distractions, not being trapped in holding on to what you've created, and not feeling threatened by the idea if you build something bigger you don't have to destroy what you've got that's not necessary you'll just build something greater in consciousness less in number this is chris you have a beautiful day bye for now